0: Welcome to The Mindset. On this show, we interview athletes, entrepreneurs, and other successful individuals that have the mindset to win in the face of long odds. You'll hear what drives these amazing people and find inspiration to face the challenges in your own life. Today's guest is Copeland Bryan, NFL veteran, tech advisor, and investor. Bryan shares learnings from his NFL career and talks about playing in the Snowmageddon game. He also tells us about his eventful times at the CES conference and his trip to Richard Branson's private island. Here is Copeland Bryan on The Mindset. Um, Welcome back to the Beyond the Game uh, media Instagram Live. We do these every Wednesday at 7.30. Today we have uh, joining us, Copeland Bryan. Uh, Copeland is born in the Bay Area uh, played football at the University of Arizona, and was a member of the 2007 Super Bowl champion Chicago Bears. Uh Colpo, thanks for joining, man. How are you?
1: I'm good. Can't complain, you know. Uh, unfortunately, I have to point out, we're NFC champions. We lost that Super Bowl. But- that's Yes, who's a- that? Exactly. Oh, to the Colts.
0: We lost oh, the God. Yeah. <laughs> I was- I, 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 You know I, what? I,
1: I hate to correct you. I hate it, but, you know.
0: <laughs> I was, you know what? I was like writing that. I was like thinking about that. And I was like, "That's the team with sexy Rexy." For some reason, yep. I thought that. I thought the Bears one night. I appreciate you for well, everybody. That.
1: We we all thought that. We all felt like that. You know, <laughs> if it brought it down to the house first out the gates. I mean, shoot, we thought we had the game in the bag from the start.
0: <laughs> That's right. The opening kickoff, right? Like a like whatever it was 100 whatever yards. Um, yep. That game and was we, crazy. I was yeah. Go like, go ahead.
1: So, and then we had an interception in the next defensive series. Like, we were we were coasting through that first quarter, man. We thought we had it all wrapped up. Did not end up being the case. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that one of those where you kind of know who's on the other side, obviously, in, in Peyton Manning there, so you're just kind of, like, hoping that that the defense is able to hold on and all those type of things? Like, what's what's kind of going through as you're, like, as you're watching all that kind of unfold?
1: Well, I don't, you know, it's like – I don't want to say anything and throw anybody under the bus, but, I mean, we – hit. We were phenomenal defensively and uh, special teams that year, and we had we had plenty of weapons on the offense. But it was one of those things where it was like certain with certain certain members of the team who who's who's coming to play today, who's showing up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. At least how's it how's it gonna you know how's it gonna bend for them today? You know? So yeah, I know. One of you those know. things because I mean we knew we knew we were good defensively, so.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always tough when you when when there's another side of the ball that you you don't know if they're gonna. Uh, I guess I don't say like carry their weight, but, but bring well, everything to the table. I mean, you're a team, and you know you do everything together,
1: so you win and lose as a unit. Um, but yeah, there are certain things that are just outside of your
0: control. So of course, of course. <laughs> um, well, no, yeah. Like I said, appreciate it. So when we so uh, typically we do this uh, this one question at the beginning. I like to understand kind of where people come from and how things uh, kind of unfolded uh, in their life to get them to this point. So the question is, who or what uh, has been the biggest influence in getting you to this into this this point in your career?
1: Yeah, so many people. It's like a, winning an award. You want to you say a bunch of names. But uh, <laughs> one of the biggest ones is probably my mom. I know that's cliche to say. But honestly, I mean, this whole shebang wouldn't have happened without her. Cause uh, going into college, I was a walk on, and the only reason right. I even got invited to walk on the team is because when we went there just for the regular school tour, uh, me and my mom went into the football offices with our own like VHS VHS tape of a high school play, and like you know literally just walked up to the desk and was like, "Yo, would anybody like to like talk to us and look at the tape?" You know, and uh, yeah, then they offered to you know let me walk on and all that, so everything kind of came from that. So she's a, she's been a big part of
0: that. So yeah. that's so awesome. Was that, um, yeah, as you're kind of going through it, so if I can go back to high school there, you didn't play football at all until, I believe, right, your junior year. Yeah. Um, what kind of got you into football at that time? And, and obviously, like, what other sports were you playing?
1: Uh, so I was
0: playing track
1: and uh, wrestling, which honestly, okay. like, I, I say even now, you know, a lot of people talk about concussions and everything, and I'm like, some of the other sports like track and wrestling better prepared me for football than just if I had been playing football, I had, you know, I mean, yeah. I know that that sounds so weird to say, but you know, like the mental toughness, the strength, like the speed, the agility, all that, you know, translated very quickly onto the field. That's why I was able to do it. So proficiently, even though I hadn't done it before. Um, yeah. You know uh, the thing that got me into it is basically at that point in junior year, all my friends were playing football. So it was like, all right, I mean, if I want to roll with them, I got to roll with that. So, yeah.
0: right. I get that right there. It's, it's so interesting you say that because so many kids specialize now, right? They, they yeah. want to play one sport for the longest time. Like, so, you, so, from an advice perspective, like, what would you tell kids out there right now as they're trying to navigate like travel and all these other things? Like, would you say, hey, play as many sports as you can? Or, or obviously, because of your path, Uh, And what happened? Would you say play a ton in multiple sports?
1: Yeah, honestly, I I believe in a much more diverse path to a specific sport, especially when you're younger. I mean, you know, I I know a lot of parents get it locked in their heads, like with soccer, with baseball, with football, you know, and maybe with baseball it's a little different just because it's so specialized with the hand-eye coordination. But, you know, for football, for soccer, for certain sports, I mean, having a basis in a lot of other things like swimming, track, wrestling, you know, you're working on a lot of strength. You're working on a lot of speed, and it's just—it's just, it's just going to translate. You know, by the time you get to the junior year, senior year, you know, sophomore year, you're going to be a much better athlete all around. So,
0: yeah, totally agree there. What um, what was that like? What was that like making that jump? All of a sudden, you're you're a walk on, and then you become <laughs> a starter. What oh, would take me take us through that? Uh, you know, that jump for you.
1: Uh, you know, it's crazy. The high school that I went to, uh, this high school in San Jose, Bellarmine College Prep, our football coaches and our track coaches were so hardcore and so detail-oriented that, honestly, when I got to college, I mean, I was, like, I was undersized, mind you. I was a DN, and I was, like, 200 pounds maybe, like, soaking wet, you know? But, man, in the weight room, you know, like, in practice, I could outmatch anybody. I mean, I was – more agile, faster, you know what I mean? And, and nothing even fazed me because what I was going through in high school was basically what I was on the level of college. So oh, wow. um, yeah, honestly, like as far as what we were doing, you know, obviously there's bigger guys, there's stronger guys, older guys, but um, yeah, it was, it the transition wasn't as great as I expected it to be because of that. I was very well prepared for it. So- That's so
0: awesome. Uh, it's, it's hard to have that like so many times. I mean, I know when I went to college, I felt prepared in the way of, like, I had played, you know, travel baseball and all this stuff. But, like, you just talked about the mental preparedness, which is such a different thing in, oh, from yeah. high school to college, uh, which is so cool. Can you talk about how you were kind of able to – like, what did, you, what did your coaches do in high school that really kind of gave you that leg up when you got to college?
1: Um, So again, I mean, they were they were so detailed. I mean, I can't even I can't illustrate, point out enough how detail oriented they were. I mean, like when I got into the weight room in college, they didn't even have to teach me anything. Technically, I was so sound on how you jerk, how you move, how you, you know, your running form, everything. So and then I mean, we had grueling practices in high school and we used to do the most insane things like 200 up downs in one, you know, (laughs) like so i mean just the mental toughness you know and we were getting up at 5 am for practice already then so it was just the thing I went into college like well I've already done this before this is this is <laughs> wow. even this is a phase of me so you know if anything which is so out, awesome yeah yeah so you know they had us I, I can't even they had to do everything i mean
0: i it's so crazy you say like five a.m workouts in high school i'm like i i'm like cringing right there' it's like oh yeah. god like those five oh. a.m workouts in college for me were just those those ones where you, like, don't even – you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. You don't want to go to bed, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so cool, And So what – go
1: ahead. I you, like, the sophomore and junior year, like, at our high school, like, all the sports were, like, 5 a.m. sports, so you know what I mean? Like, in the weight room at 5 a.m., you had to be there. So it was it was a real thing.
0: <laughs> that's the hard it, – I try to explain it to people because, like, when you get to college, that that moment of, like, okay, I have to plan my day out. And then all of a sudden I have to figure out, like, how to go to bed and get everything done by a certain times so that I can be prepared in the morning to be, like, functional and work out and do all these things, which is just such a difficult thing. Yeah. Um, but, no, talk about the on-the-field part. So not starting football to your junior year, kind of tough. All of a sudden to become an impact starter, someone obviously that was, you know, I, I believe you were second team, right, all Pac-12. Like, to go yeah. from that to, to that on the field – What did you have to kind of learn, or what did you have to adapt to, to to make that jump?
1: You know, uh, probably one of the biggest things was just like all the information you have to, you know, have in your head uh, at the collegiate level. I mean, that was one thing I didn't have very, I didn't learn very much in high school was like the check downs, how to read an offense, how to, you know, just all these different things going into it. And that was a real learning curve for me. I mean, even to the point, you know, getting to senior year where I was still swimming in it, you know, and trying to understand it all. yeah, I, I mean, the next part of it was, like you said, balance. Trying to balance up, you know, that off the field with that on the field stuff and try not let the off the field stuff affect you in the on the field. I mean, that was a big <laughs> one of it. You know, it's real easy to let things going on in your regular world come in to, come with you onto the field, you know, come, in to, come with you on the practice field. So, yeah.
0: Of course. I always felt like, and, I, 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 you know, definitely don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but. I always felt like for me, that was like a, an amazing escape, right? For me to be able to like, whatever was going on, uh, to somehow figure out a way like now I can go focus. Now I can go like just dive into this thing that like I, I truly love to do. Did you kind of feel the same way? And I know Arizona, very similar to Indiana, kind of a party <laughs> school a little bit, if I could say that.
1: Um, yeah, lots of, uh, <laughs> lots, of, lots of things going on. Lots of things going on. Lots of distractions if you care to get distracted, yeah.
0: Um, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, hey, talk about that if you could.
1: Oh, wow. Well, that was especially different for me because the high school I went to was an all-boy high school. So, you know, it was a it was a baptism by fire coming into a school like University of Arizona where now I have women walking around everywhere. Um, right. You know, and it's a, a
0: huge school, too, right? Where like that jump, um, I don't know. I don't know how big your school was for No, like, yeah,
1: it's a big jump in size. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, another thing to just get used to, you know, all these new distractions, all these things you have to try to focus your mind, you know, into your sport, into your school and keep that going. So many, many a man failed.
0: Many a man,
1: you know, I mean, I think the class I came in with freshman year, there were maybe 60 of us, you know, 50 of us, something like that. And yeah, by the time we graduated senior year, I think there was only like 10 of us left. Oh, wow. we, We lost like. Our, like the entire freshman class
0: is that that, awesome? that just the Tristan right there is just it's tough it's really yeah. hard um and, and to your point it's hard to explain but it's hard to like pinpoint like it what you you know have to go through from an off the field perspective just like school wise and hanging out and all that stuff and then also managing somehow some sort of social interaction and social life it's very very difficult So um kudos you I,
1: I wasn't that good at it my social life i was pretty I was pretty square the first couple years in college just trying to just trying to maintain so
0: (laughs) I get that I get that um so now you get it you get into the pros um obviously start having some success with like Buffalo and, and things like that can you talk about um a little bit of that from like you know going from you know being undrafted going to the Bears and going to another team and then kind of getting on getting I don't say your start but obviously like getting that ability to like Get some get some good playing time and like what's that like for a lot of guys? Because so many people hear these stories about guys that are like you know we watch ESPN especially right now with everything going on. You're like, you like you know the stories of guys that are like first and second founders and all this stuff. Yeah. But but talk through yours where it's like you know you, you grinding in college, all of a sudden you have the ability to do something, and then finding your way on an NFL team.
1: Yeah, I mean, like everybody says, it's a league of man, man. There's a lot of guys who aren't that first rounder, you know, aren't the top 10 guys on each team making millions and millions of dollars, you know, for the average guy in the NFL, you're making base minimum, you know, which, which is still great pay. Don't get me wrong. You know, 500, 600,000 base is fine. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's tough. I got to say, you know, at least the experience I had in college, you know, being a walk-on actually also prepared me for the NFL because it felt very similar to that coming into it as a, you know, priority free agent whatever that means, you know. Um, Right. You know, you're still, you're at the bottom of the pile and you got to work like a dog every day. You know, when I was with the bears, uh, those practices, I did every single snap of practice. When I say every single snap, I mean, when the defense was going, I was playing offense. When special teams was going, I was on the opposite of that. When the offense was on, I was on the defense. Like, I did not rest one day that entire season. I, I, mean, I might not have been playing that much, but I if I might have been the hardest working man in the NFL that year. That's what I felt like. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> no, it's it's so awesome. And like, is that something where like you're, are you trying to like you you know what your position is, but are you also like mentally kind of get it being prepared? Like, hey, what if they call my name for something that I'm not even prepared for? But I want to be ready. Oh, you're trying yeah. to get that foot in the door. But you want, you're trying to play, right? You're also trying oh, to yeah. like catch the eye of another coach. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, 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 you're absolutely right. Versatility is the name of the game. I mean, especially when you're on the lower rungs, you got to be able to do it all. So uh, special teams is key. You know, there were there were plays when I got to Buffalo where we got involved where, like, I was doing stuff that a receiver might have to do. Um, you know, learning the stuff with a tight end. Uh, every position on the line. Every position with the backers. Yeah, I had to know everything. You know, it's one thing I wish I could have learned if I went back in time, was actually had a long snap, long snap. Oh, that wow. would have been one of those things that gives you great longevity through a career. If you're a solid backup guy, you know, we had uh, one of our defensive ends in Buffalo is that, and that that definitely gave him legs for a lot of his career. So. Yeah,
0: that's such a – and it's such a different skill that you don't even like, think about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, gaining, you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. It's like it's like one of those little things I give people this advice, like, hey, get him into, get him into long snapping. If he's going to be a football player, get him into long snapping, you know? Get him into holding, you know? <laughs> so. um,
0: what's a game – what's a game that always like, stands out to you when you kind of look back, whether it's college, high school, pro, what's one of those games that either, you know, it's something to – Team wise, you know, you always think about, or like maybe personally, you always kind of think about. Oh man, it's very
1: different personally to game wise, but uh. Okay. You know, there was there was um, one game we played in Cleveland, one game we played in Cleveland that was like the snowmageddon, like one of the snowiest games in NFL history. You know, we couldn't even you couldn't even see the sidelines from you know it's like we're just whatever, man. We're just guessing, do what we got to do. I'm not sure what they <laughs> called, but we'll figure it out. Uh, it was so cold, too. By the end of that game, I mean, the offensive and defensive lines, we were, like, talking to each other, like, it's a, it's a run play, right? Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's make sure to, you know, make this look good. But, like, we got we to end this thing. <laughs> were you um, one of those two
0: where, like, it was cold, so you would not wear sleeves to, to okay. try to, like, you know. It was,
1: it was a rule. You couldn't wear sleeves, especially in Chicago. <laughs> that was the rule, man. You better put some Vaseline on your arms and just hope that that cuts the wind down. That was all you could do. Um, Yeah. No, when I got to Buffalo, then it was, like, cold enough, some of those games, that they actually let us wear sleeves. And then Detroit was a cakewalk because we were in a bubble. So, you know, at Chicago and Buffalo, I was like, oh, this is easy. So, yeah, (laughs) you know. And then I personally, one of the best games I remember uh, my senior year in college, you know, I had actually tore up my ankle really bad getting a sack against uh, Utah, first play of the game. And I was out for three weeks. And then came back and we were playing Berkeley, and then had a 3 sack game against Berkeley right out the gates. And so it was it was a solid year, you know. That's that's really what put me on the map, you know. So when I got invited to the combine and everything, and Mel Kiper had some nice things to say. So yeah, so and then uh, and then USC, yeah. Now USC was a top team that year, and then we went in there and Winston Justice was the guy everybody was talking about. And then I beat him for a sack, and he had to hold me twice to keep me from the quarterback. So it was a yeah. Those are two games that stick with me a lot. So,
0: Would you – yeah, as you, as you started kind of getting that momentum in college, would you start to notice, you know, other guys that you are about to go against that may have been maybe talked about for the NFL or talked about within the league and like, hey, I'm going to go w- – were you worried about one of those people like, hey, I want to go up and show up this person or just I just want to go do my job?
1: Just do my job. Honestly, I didn't even think about it. You know, it was like okay. just I'd be as prepared as I can be for whatever happens, you know, and I was pretty confident. And what I could do, so you know, you watch film, but I never let no man intimidate you. You know, let no man make you make you not believe in yourself. So,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it's always one of those things. I knew when I was in I knew, but like when I when we were playing somebody that was at the same position to me that people no, thought yeah. was better than me, I felt there was there was like my antennas were up a little bit. Like all right, oh, I'm going to yeah. do something this that stand that that I'm yeah, going to yeah. yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, the one thing I wish I had I had done back then, though, that I never did. I was never like a big celebration guy, you know. And honestly, in hindsight, I was like, man, I should have I should have been celebrating everything because that's what then people actually take notice of you. You know, there's there's <laughs> like it's funny because like football, you know, any sport, there's politics in it, and nobody likes to say it, but money and commercial is you know really run the roost. So right. if you can get seen, you know, if people can know your name. That's that's all the better for you, you know.
0: What would you do now since it's kind of like you, you can have a sack dance now and, like not get flagged what would you what would you have right now that that's like in your arsenal would you do like a fortnite dance or like what what would come out
1: you know <laughs> you know it's funny um, i remember at the time when i was in the nfl i was like yo i'm going to do the captain morgan you know the, the stand on the barrel the, the pirate thing i was like i'm going to get a captain morgan endorsement too i'm going to get some money for doing this like that's what I, i'd be trying to brand you know sponsorship i'd be selling my Sack dance to the highest bidder right now. Like, yo, what company wants to pay me to have a sack dance for their company? <laughs> that's
0: you're you're already you're future thinking right there. You're yeah. you're ahead of the.
1: I, I'm enterprising here, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's so awesome. And, well, it actually that's kind of a, a perfect tradition because you've gone into really the second part. Let's say second part of your your career, but like you know, found your way doing some things within business.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Talk about that a little bit. I, I The real estate. Like the it's, estate yeah,
1: it's been all over the place. So um, when I was playing in Detroit, actually, is when I started up with it. Uh, that was right when the bubble burst, real estate crashed, everything like that. So, I mean, property was super cheap. And me, a kid from California, you know, from the Bay Area. I mean, I'm used to a 1,200 square foot house being a million dollars. So here I am right. in Detroit, and I'm finding these new build, you know, 1,400 square foot houses for $30,000, $20,000, you know? Um, And for most guys who play in the NFL, they rent, especially in cities like Cincinnati, Detroit, stuff like that. They don't buy their own houses, they rent. So I was like, all right, I'll just buy a bunch of places near the facility and rent out to the guys. So, you know, quite a few of the teammates, some of the coaches now, they all rent from me still. You know, I have a bunch of places out there and I rent to players. So uh, that's what, like, got me started with that. And then having those places really taught me, um, a lot about like property management and then how much it costs to get things fixed. So then I started figuring out how to fix things myself. Uh, came back to Tucson. I bought like a little apartment complex, did most of the renovations with me and another guy, you know, a contractor who kind of taught me the ropes, but learned framing, electrical, you know, plumbing. I hate plumbing, but
0: learned all that yeah. stuff,
1: you know? And, uh, then it just, you know, transitioned from real estate and renting that flips and then, uh, looking like, what else can I do with money? You know? And, uh, I had some friends, obviously I'm a Bay area kid. My parents worked in tech, all my friends work in tech. So I had so many friends getting into the startup game and trying to raise money. I was introduced to a really good friend of mine now, Maya, and, uh, she had a great idea, a company that she was trying to start. So I went to work with her, uh, raising money. We raised a little over a million dollars for our first seed round. Um, it was in, um, social lead generation kind of company. I know that probably doesn't mean anything to most of the people who'd listen, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Microsoft was one of our uh, big clients, you know, we were, we were, we were doing big things, but then, you know, you you learn a lot and uh, our company, we ended up having to, had to shut it down. We ended up in kind of a zombie company mode where we were doing well, but we couldn't grow. And the only way to grow was either bring on more, you know, bring on more customers or bring in more money and you just couldn't get the balance right, you know? So, but yeah, so I've done startups, uh, done restaurants, invested in restaurants, helped expand restaurants. I uh, inadvertently worked for Richard Branson for a little while, for two years. Um, uh, Which he is does, super
0: cool. Yeah, you
1: know, like I've got to go to his private island and uh, do all this stuff. So uh, he has this thing called the XTC. It's the Stream Tech Challenge, you know, looking for the next, like, billionaire you know billion dollar company unicorn as they call it and uh, yeah so I mean I did CES I got to MC with Shaq do a whole thing you know vet all the companies that applied thousands of companies would apply each year and uh, then we would do the final the top three on his private island out in uh, the Virgin Islands so it was a whole thing it was a lot of fun yeah.
0: what um if I can go back to the um the raising money can, can you okay. kind of yeah. walk through that process that's something that You know, a lot of people that are in this this startup world are always trying to navigate and figure out, you know, people might have a great idea, but it's like, how do you get that out there to investors and connect?
1: Honestly, yeah, that's actually a really, you know, really hard thing. And what I thought then was the same thing I thought about football, the NFL, you know, when I was younger, which is there's a lot of merit to it. You know, it's a meritocracy. But honestly, what I find out is a lot more about networking. You know, it's a lot more about, I mean you know, the type of people, you know, that can open certain doors to get you the money because honestly, I've seen people have the best ideas in the world and not be able to get a dime behind their project, you know, and then I've seen guys who, you know, have spun out, they were employees of Facebook, high up employees of Facebook spun out with just a nebulous concept of what they wanted to do and be able to raise millions of dollars right off the bat, you know, so um, yeah. One of the things I tell young guys when I'm talking about, whether, you know, you're going to get into business or you're going to get whatever it is, network, meet people, you know, get your face, your name ideas out there and let people get to know you. Cause that makes it much easier to raise money. Um, you know, That's great advice. Yeah. I mean, cold calling, you know, you, you have to be a, a hell of a salesman to cold call, you know, for most things, you know, unless you're just, you know, over over promising and under delivering right. you know? that that you'll see a lot of that. I mean, a lot of people will over promise and under deliver, and that's not something I ever wanted to do. So networking and just building relationships first and foremost is the biggest part to getting the money. You know, so
0: yeah, that's great advice. I have we have a, uh, a comment here from your story of uh, mm-hmm. going to a couple islands there, the Shack Island. Uh, <laughs> I think you also said uh, <laughs> Richard <laughs> Island as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Can you talk us? Can you talk through that a little bit? What was it like to, you're kind of, you're you're rubbing elbows with with these big-time celebrities. You're doing some cool things. Can you talk us through going to the island and kind of hanging out there?
1: Yeah, that was actually a pretty amazing experience. I mean, so, you know, he's got his own island in the Virgin Islands. He's got, like, lemurs running around everywhere. You know, he's like a lemur preserve. So, it's pretty cool. I actually have a lot of pictures of tortoises, flamingos. There's zip lines all across the island. Um, God, I wish I could remember how much it costs. He's got so he's got his private house, and then there's like a guest house that's like a luxury, like 16 room, you know, house that you know the Beyonces and the you know all the celebrities always stay at. Uh, we got to stay there free of charge because it's actually like I mean it's a ridiculous something like. $20,000 a night or something like that. So, you know, something yeah. something I would never do.
0: Super <laughs> obtainable for most yeah, people there. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, that was a really amazing experience. And then honestly, for me, doing CES was actually something I was way more into, um, especially getting to do CCS, from, CES from a position of being involved in it, like being a speaker, you know? So I got to be much more like behind the scenes and get to meet with, you know, hire people at all the companies and all the booths. Uh, doing the thing with Shaq was really cool. As meeting him was like very interesting thing because you know I'm a big guy. You know I'm two seventy five, 275, 6'4". I always felt like I was a huge individual, and then I met him, and I was like, God, "I'm a shrimp." You're right? This man's <laughs> eyes are as big as my whole body. You know? So yeah, um, amazing experience. Amazing experience. That,
0: yeah, that's super cool. It's so crazy. People talk about that. Like, yeah, like you just said, you're six four. And Shaq just is—he's just this towering human being. you just like monsters. Tower, monsters. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of think about people trying to guard him, and you're like, oh, "There's just this is why he was the most dominant player in the NBA for so long." So, oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs>
1: That's like, it's, um, um, pissed, I, I
0: No, it's it's yeah, it's crazy. I've seen <laughs> him. Uh, I've never been, like, super – I've been, like, kind of close to him, like, around, like, the TNT studios in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's been – it's just I'm, – I'm an average person. I'm looking <laughs> up like, oh, what in the world? Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, uh, someone said you're 6'3 in here, by the way. I think that's Andre. Uh, it's,
1: it's, <laughs> it's actually 6'3 three and three quarters, okay? We round up. We round up. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, so. No, will get you uh, – I'll get you out of here in this one because I saw this. I thought it was super interesting because you – kind of changed your, you, your majors were really interesting in Arizona, right? You went aerospace, mechanical, poli-sci with a minor in film. Yeah, yeah. So, Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. (laughs)
1: Well, I went, yeah. So I went to school for aerospace and mechanical engineering. Like, you know, my, my dream, like I said, I was a nerd. So my dream coming out of high school was like, yo, I'm going to go work for Lockheed Martin in their skunks works division. Like, you know, I'm going to be churning out all the planes that y'all ain't going to see until 30 years from now, you know, like maybe I'll, you know, be a pilot, be get in the astronaut program, something like that. You know, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, and I was on that track actually until football, you know, ended up getting that scholarship. And actually when you get to the higher electives at U of A, a lot of those classes um, are like later in the day. So right. it actually became a thing where you had to choose like, gosh, what, what did I want to try to do here? So I ended up switching over to poli sci, you know, figured, okay, I'll go to law school after college is done. And because, uh, I I did every single session. So summer one, summer two, the pre-session, winter session, I did all the sessions. So I ended up finishing my degree super early. And what I should have done is go to graduate school, but I decided, well, let me just like add on another like major or whatever, you know what I mean? So then I did film, uh, and that's something my mom runs a theater company in san jose and i grew up acting so i was like all right let me let me do this too so the last year i ended up doing film stuff which was a lot of fun
0: so that's super cool yeah, yeah. That, i was i was like did you want to be a director producer or acting or have you you wanted yeah, yeah. to go back have you wanted to go back into that well yeah
1: I, I grew up doing all of that actually it's it's really funny um so the interesting story uh sterling k brown the dude from um this is us that dude, right? So yeah. I heard him telling a story. I didn't even realize this until my mom pointed out. He was telling a story one day about how he got into acting. And he was, a, I think, an economics major at Stanford. And they were looking for people to be in this black play at Stanford. And he had joined and he got the lead role. And that's what gave him the acting bug and made him do, you know, go on to do all the great things he's done now. Well, the funny thing is I was in that play with him. Um, I was, you know, I was... The, the little boy that he interacted with the whole time and I remembered like hanging out with him on set doing all those things and it's just funny now to watch him doing these big things and it was like yo I could I, I, I could I do that you know I, I started off just like he did you know <laughs> I was gonna
0: say were you were you better at the time was 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 there a competition like mean,
1: I, I was just I was just a young kid so you know I mean I, I say you know I, I thought my skills were decent but um, yeah no uh this is just an interesting story. And, and since then, you know, obviously in the NCAA, you can't do any of that stuff, you know, back then. So didn't really fill out of it. Um, and then when I actually went to Detroit, I started get back, getting back into it because then Detroit had the uh, Michigan movie credit, the tax credit. So yeah. the building actually flew, me and flew the building that we lived in, all the actors stayed in there. So Richard Gere was our neighbor for a little while oh, wow. when they were filling in the double. Harold and Kumar lived, like, above us, you know, for a little while. Um, we went on the set of a couple movies. I got to be an extra in Transformers. Like, it was a bunch of stuff going on. So, yeah. I mean, like, the first day I actually got to Detroit, when I went down there, it was there were a bunch of tanks and communist propaganda posters all over the place. And I was like, what is happening? Like, there's bullet casings everywhere. So they had just been filming uh, the Red Dawn remake. So it was just a, oh, it was yeah. just a cool place to, you know come into and that really sparked you know me over again doing it and then like last year I filmed uh, some YouTube stuff for you know some like Instagram celebrity guys you know and Brentwood stuff uh, it's, it's pretty cool so you know I, I enjoy that game.
0: That's awesome is it would you going back now uh, because of like what's going on with college do you think you would like I don't know now you can make money off of your likeness you can make money in different ways now do you oh, think yeah. you would have tried to do something in college now if you were, like, an an athlete, you know, kind of coming up with TikTok and all this other stuff now?
1: Oh, absolutely. I like, guess one thing a lot of, like, us guys who are right on the bubble, like, right on the cusp when social media was taken off, you know, because, like, 2012 is when we all started, like, kind of falling out. Um, and that's when it started taking off. And, man, I, the things we could have done if we had had it when we were, you know, playing and we were in college, I definitely would have been. I mean – all the, like, the comedy guys, you know, all the little comedy skits, all the little shorts, all the things the guys put on Instagram and YouTube and all that, that definitely would have been me, for sure. Nice. I'd have been pulling pranks and putting skits together left and right. So, because we, super- we were already doing that anyway. So.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Just work, exactly. filming it and making money off of it.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. The money aspect is the real thing that, you know, is so disappointing now. So many ways to get endorsements now. Uh, I don't even think guys realize. They don't even utilize it the way they could, you know. There's a lot of money to be made out there doing it. So, I mean, honestly, more money and longevity for you to make money in, you know, different ways, really focusing in on that while you still have the platform in your playing career, you know.
0: know. And I think – And I think this time too kind of shows that even more, right? Where we're at home and your ability to kind of like maximize or just maximize your own brand, right? It's such a big thing. Um, Obviously, because you don't know, you know, from like a revenue perspective from like, you know, take football. Like, I hope we have football, but like, will we all those types of things? And if you have that ability, as you you just said, to make money doing other things or or pushing brands, it's it's a super cool thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly – A lot of guys should utilize it more. Like I said, networking, because it opens so many doors. I mean, what I was able to do in tech, sure. Like, I have a little bit of a background because of the engineering thing and my parents and stuff. But honestly, the football thing really helped out. Like, people just found it so interesting that they were willing to have conversations, you know, give advice, all that sorts of stuff. So, I mean, it it really opens up the doors, and guys should utilize it more. I don't think many guys realize that.
0: Yeah. Did you find it – I don't say daunting, but, like, you know, it's 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 a lot to go talk to people that are like kind of specialists. Or you talked about Microsoft things like that. I think that's sometimes what I find is guys are well, say yeah, guys get nervous kind of like going into a realm where they're not comfortable. Uh, yeah, obviously you didn't seem like you were you were that, but like um, yeah, do you have any advice for people that like feel weird in those rooms sometimes?
1: Yeah, I mean it, that can be very intimidating. I mean, you know, the, Sil- the Silicon Valley is a place where sports do not rule the roost. So there are certainly times I've gone into parties and I've seen people not react to Andre Guadalla, you know, from the Warriors and them react to like, you know, Cheryl Sandberg, like, you know, people from Facebook and Yahoo, you know what I mean? Like they treat them like the celebrities. So uh, yeah, it can be very daunting and especially the, the, the depth of knowledge some of them have and how technical a lot of people can talk about the things, you know, uh, the best advice I can give is one, be authentically yourself and also, like, get uncomfortable, you know, read things that you might not be used to reading, you know, uh, find information that, you know, just, just wouldn't just fall into your lap, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not uh, going to be that's an nice. yeah, you're not going to be an expert, maybe at any one thing. But you know, if you get a decent amount of working knowledge, you'll be able to hold your own in conversation. So
0: yeah. No, it's so funny you say that. So I, I didn't tell you that at all, but I used to live in San Francisco. So I remember being at one of the first parties I was at, someone was like, oh, they're number like four at Uber. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. What, is, what does that even mean? And then yeah. I realized what that meant.
1: <laughs> That's only the Bay Area. Um, only the Bay Area. I mean, it's so different than anywhere else in the country.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Like you would never hear that phrase. I like, what does that even, what are you talking yep. about? So, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, no, people, and this was... It'd be like oh you're an athlete oh okay all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna go over here now see ya. <laughs> yeah you don't
0: have, you don't have a startup you haven't done yeah it, like. exactly exactly <laughs> so um no man this was uh this was i know we're at like the 30 minutes so this was yeah, no amazing uh thank you so much for coming on thank you for the inside i think um i hope a, a ton of people especially